Welcome, everybody, to another edition of Suave Talk presented by Dyer's Top Rods. And Turbo, we have a special show today as Timothy Culp will be co-hosting with us throughout the entire podcast. But first, before we get to all that, Turbo, how was your weekend at Florence, y'all? It was rough, y'all. I mean, the racetrack was... There was only 19 or 20 cars for 10,000, which was kind of weird. I thought I fixed a bunch. Last year, I went there, and there was like 50 cars for 5,000. So <laughs> I thought that was strange, but the racetrack, like, evolved and got really, really rough in the corners. But the straightaways were smooth, so it was just kind of a survival of the fittest, and then it was really hard on tires. It was a weird Florence. Uh, I mean, it's my favorite racetrack, obviously, because we run so good there, so... It was just another awesome night at Florence, but, you know, we battled pretty close to the front for a while and then just ran out of talent, tire, whatever you want to call it, and ended up finishing fifth, but all in all, it was a good week. We didn't land upside down, so we're pumped up to go to Atomic and Brownstown. Now, Colt Daddy, you had a little bit different experience at Boot Hill. To say the least, it was a wild and dramatic one for you that got some storylines and attention, so I'll just be blatantly honest with you. How was your weekend at Boot Hill? Just give us a little recap. Uh, I mean, basically what I could expect to race the years, you know, uh, they don't show guys like me much respect. So anytime they get a chance to take a cheap shot, they're going to do it. And, uh, so yeah, it wasn't very great, but, uh, at least you we'll broke the internet though. Back after. You broke the internet a little bit. So that's good for you. Yeah. Well, nowadays the way all these series have had where you, you can't go to someone's pit. You can't retaliate. Basically, the Internet's the only spot you have to, to voice your opinion. So uh, some people don't like that. Some people do. At the end of the day, I don't lose much sleep over either way of it. One more question before Turbo gets one here. I looked at your post, and it had a lot of comments. When you have people saying that it's your fault because you're switching lanes, what's your response? Uh, most of those people making those comments don't even have one big check in their shop, much less as many as I do. So it really doesn't, uh, you know, strike much to me. But uh, you know, most of those people are just hardcore movie fans, and their only argument is he has 800 wins. So, uh, you know, I guess you can get 800 wins when you draft three people and never lift. All right, Turbo, it's your best butt on here. Let's get some questions for him. All right, I'm going to give you five names. You give me your response of each person. Um, they're all mostly from Arkansas, one's from Louisiana. So the first name's Wendell Wallace. Tell me what you think. Uh, I mean, Wendell definitely taught me a lot. You know, we went racing together, and uh, we had a good time. Uh, you know, definitely both learned a lot. He's a lot more old school than, than I am. And, uh, it was, you know, a good balance between the two of us on we were racing together and uh, still see one a lot, still work on a lot of his air-conditioned stuff, so uh, we're still tight. Okay, next name, Billy Moyer. Uh, man, there's, there, I probably don't need to describe him as what I really think of him because uh, I promised my eight-and-a-half-months eight pregnant wife that I would be on my P's and Q's, so... Uh, you know, he's uh, a 
I'm probably going to park beside him every chance I get and draw a line and hope he crosses it. All right, Bill Fry. Uh, Bill Fry, yeah, I really don't have a lot of dealings with Fry. Uh, he's done a few odds and ends for Mark on some hot rod stuff, and he did a few things on the toter home, the generator door, lubing it and stuff, but I don't really associate my racing or anything with Fry. So. But overall, I think he's a... Did I watch Go what? Ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Um, I mean, just, you know, overall, my, I don't really have any much to do as far as my racing with Bill Fry. And he was kind of before my time as a racer, so. Did you watch the video of him yanking Duke Wisenhunt out of the car? Uh, I saw it on Facebook yesterday and shared it. I never watched it. Did you see that video? Yeah, it was at Pensboro way back in the day. No, I didn't. I didn't watch it. They they crashed taking the green, and he like got out of his car. He crashed the whole field, and he went. And Duke got like halfway out of his car, and he like jerked him, RKO'd him on the ground. I mean, I feel like you could respect that. Yeah. See, I mean, nowadays uh, the series directors yelling in your ear that he's gonna arrest you if you touch the other car, get out of your car. So I wish things were more like you know that nowadays instead of being so political. All right, two more names. Little Billy. Uh, Little Billy, he just wrote off those those couple gloves or whatever that his dad has and never really, you know, I mean, he's won a few races, but he didn't even make a race at a regional crop cans race Friday. So a guy like that that's trying to race for a living probably needs to look into another career path. All right, last one, the big cookie, Kenny Merchant. Uh, I mean, you know, his wife worked for my dad for forever. Kind of who I grew up doing the races with and you know, really why I wanted to drive race cars and late models and stuff like that. So, um, you know, kind of got the C8 through. He was C28 and just kind of, my dad and I just kind of incorporated both of them. But I always thought Kenny was a type of race car driver. Um, especially around here, he he pretty much dominated when he was racing comp and super and stuff. So, yeah, definitely was a big impact on me wanting to run a late model. All right, so I'll pick up. All right, this brings me to my next point. Me and Turbo are talking about it a little bit, that racing is turning into, like, a demo derby. It's always chaos. I always feel like the last couple years it's gotten worse and worse, and the only way to pass sometimes is giving somebody the elbow, and that may be because the racetrack's tight, it's a bull ring, stuff like that. Do you see that going in that direction? I'll go with Turbo. You can answer that first, and then we'll have Colp answer it. Yeah, I mean, I think that nowadays, like, not win a race just putting like you never win a race but not shut up speech bay but like you can still pass people with respect but it's like i think a lot of people just get in their minds you know i don't care about this guy you know f him he's not my buddy so if i give him a chicken wing or i blow through him it is what it is and you know that's what fans love to see but at the end of the day it costs a lot more money and it's not like monster gym we don't all get a salary just to go out there and destroy so it's, it pisses a lot of people off, and then, I mean, I do agree with Timmy the way a lot of the rules are written. They don't want to do anything, but they do want to play off of the they want to play off of the action reactions, but they definitely don't want you know they don't want the repercussion repercussion. So 
So if you do do something, then automatically you get black flag, fine, suspended, whatever. And I just think that there has to be a better way. I really, truly think every racetrack should have a boxing ring right in the middle of the <laughs> right in the middle of the track, so everyone can see. You pay forty five dollars to watch a race, and if the fight breaks out, hey, you got you got more money. You got you got more for your money. So I think. Uh, yeah, I just think it's it's the mentality of a lot of people, and you know, some people are like, "Oh, I got more money than that guy. We'll just crash shit." And you know, I really wish it wasn't like that. I mean, I'm all about side jobs and racing hard and stuff, but I mean, we all spend five days a week ready to go race, and it just kind of sucks if your shit gets destroyed for no reason, you know. And Culp, you have a little different experience because it seems like what I seem see you as a driver is it's always bull rings, whether it was the summer nationals when you came up a few years or just all those tracks down Louisiana, Mississippi and Arkansas. Is it a problem down there? And you see, is it going to be a concerning thing moving forward? Cause it's in my eyes, I think it's getting worse and worse. Yeah. I mean, uh, I don't like the last couple of years. I've strictly pretty much ran comp and, uh, I think Dane Dacus cleaned me out a couple of years ago at Magnolia. Um, but other than that, you know, all the comp guys pretty much show each other respect. And, you know, uh, I would say I'm probably the most aggressive driver that races that deal. And I've put, I think, one body on my car each of the last two years. So uh, it's not like we're out there tearing a bunch of stuff up every week. And But, you know, definitely a lot of the, you know, watching East Bay and the Speed Weeks and even Arizona, there was uh, definitely – not much respect shown between, you know, the front runners every night. So uh, I could definitely see it going that direction. Um, you know, basically it's just have at it, boys. The, the, the series basically don't carry or use the black flag or anything like that. So uh, I guess until they start parking people for rough driving under green flag conditions, it's just get all you can get. You're watching East Bay. What was your honest thoughts? We can put your friends with Turbo. I'm friends with Turbo. What was your honest thoughts of when Turbo kind of did the retaliation there? Well, it's like kind of said, I mean, it's a free-for-all in green flag conditions. So, uh, you know, when a guy wrecks somebody under yellow, but you can clean them out under green, nothing's ever said. It, you know, it kind of makes it, you scratch your head why he did it under yellow. But uh, I can definitely see both sides, you know, and he's a moment. You know, you're seeing red, and the guy just, you know, took a possibility of you starting in the first couple rows and, and winning to have to run to B-Main. So, um, there's, you know, I definitely see both sides of it, but, you know, uh, I definitely think green flag, you just get what you can get and, uh, beat the sheet mail out when you get back to the trailer. All right. Let's, uh, let's lighten the subject up a little bit. I know you're getting a little heated. Um, where do you see your life after baby Colt Cannon comes out April fool's day? Uh, you know, it's definitely going to change things, but that's kind of why I, kind of pointed the direction of the rig and stuff of being able to carry a family more to the races when we do get to travel a little bit and uh you know i want to be able to still go and race but i still want to be able to spend time with uh my family and you know raise a kid and and be a dad definitely looking forward to it are you ready to be a dad <laughs> i mean I guess as ready as I can be at this point, you know, there's there's not a whole lot of time left. Uh, I guess re- realistically, the baby could come any day now. So uh, it's regardless if I'm ready or not, I got to step up to the plate and, and be a dad. 
<laughs> All right, so what's the most nerve-wracking thing about it? Have you been practicing changing diapers on, like, fake babies or, like, watermelons, or how's that going? No, like, me and Shannon, either one, are big baby people. Like, I don't – I've never changed a diaper, and she's never changed a diaper. Uh, we've never been, like, one to go hold people's babies, either one, stuff like that. So uh, she's, def- she's made both of us watch a few videos through the hospital and stuff. So uh, I've seen probably more than I've wanted to see the last couple months and stuff like that. But uh, she's the type where she over-prepares everything, which is, is not a bad thing, but uh, – you know, should if I'm not doing it correct, she'll definitely get me lined up quick. Turbo, when are you gonna have a kid? Is it gonna be soon or? No, I think Timmy's gonna Timmy's gonna have his kid, and I might get to practice. You know, being a goddad like twice a year or something, and I'm pretty content with that. I hope Wiley has a kid first because me and Wiley are basically brother-in-laws. So Timmy has a kid, then Wiley has a kid. Maybe Kaylin will pump the brakes, and, you know, we can wait till we're 30, you know, something early 30s or something before we uh, get to that point. I, I still got a lot of living to do, I feel like. And Timmy's raised me a little bit, you know, when I was probably 15, 16, 17. He, uh, he tried to point me in the right direc- direction. So I feel like he's definitely uh, he's definitely raised a preteen he hasn't raised a baby baby so uh he can he can practice raising a baby baby and then when i do have one he can he can help me in that department well that's what i was going to say how did your two guys relationship just become this budding thing of good friends i know we all hung out during the summer nationals when turbo was like 15 and colt was running it but like when did it really spark oh like basically we've kind of always been a little bit you know not outsiders but we're just kind of go against the grain, do our own thing. And uh, so we kind of clicked from the beginning, actually. His dad sponsored a car, me and uh, the the guy that was driving for it kind of got into it a little bit um, back when Super was racing. And uh, I don't know, it was just a bunch of, bunch of silly stuff back then. And I put like a big logo on my car, and next thing I know, Tyler had it on his street stock. And I didn't even know Tyler at the time, but... Uh, you know, he just, you know, I don't know, we just kind of always had the same mentality and outlook and attitude and stuff, so we always just kind of, you know, always ended up on the same page, it seemed like, so we just always yelled really good. Are you like, do you consider Culp your hero, Turbo, because you're a little younger, you kind of followed him around, he took him under your wing? Yeah, I mean, I think he was my hero when I was like 15, and then whenever I started racing more and more, uh, we joked about it, now I'm his hero because I race more than he does or whatever, but yeah, I mean, we had a lot of good memories. Uh, I remember one time we went to Eldora, it was me, him, and Shannon, and we like, we left that night, it was just he was racing, I was crewing, and I'm pretty sure we ripped the stairs off the truck, like the fold-out stairs, we were late. Um, it was just a big, big ordeal, like, and neither of us knew what we were doing. I, you know, we had we were just there having fun. You know, we just had a lot of times like that. So, I mean, yeah, we. I don't know. I mean, I'd say now we're more just like best buds. We're not really like Timmy's got life by the balls. He's got it made in the shade. He's on call twenty four seven, but he only works like two months out of the year. And he tells me I don't get to. I don't work at all because I just race. So, I mean. I think we're both set up pretty good right now, and, you know, I'm happy, uh, you know, I guess I'm happy with where I'm at in life, and I'm, I know he is, too, so, yeah, I mean, we just we just get along and have the same mindset more than anything. All right, I got a question for both of you. I'll let Culp go first. 
How tough is your guys' region? Because obviously you have Colt, you have Dillard, you have Turbo, who's raced a lot. That area I seems, I always say, is very underrated. They got plenty of cars down there. You know, they have a good regional series. But how tough is that region, Colt? Uh, I mean, we don't have, you know, like you go out east and stuff. I mean, they'll have a ton more late models. They have a bunch of late model classes where here. There's no, I mean, the crates are just now starting to take off, so all we've ever had really is supers. So if you're going to race a super, you know, you better have your stuff together. You're not going to be able to win much. I mean, I feel like even my program is pretty much, you know, I have the best of everything, and, you know, we only win a few races a year, it seems like. Uh, not due to just not being fast enough, just there's that many guys that, that do win. And so, uh, you know, it's like when I, when I go to the races, we may not make it to practice night or something like that. Just I'm trying to make sure everything's 100% when I do load up and get ready to go because when I go, I know, uh, you know, if it's not, I'm not going to be in contention to win because there's that many guys that, that have the best equipment and, uh, you know, there's some good drivers down here and, you know, like Dillard and stuff like that will pop in at uh, these specials like this weekend and it makes it even tougher. Yeah, and Turbo, you, when you go back home, you've made some friends at a couple racetracks. We've had a couple uh, instances with you in Victory Lane. You're originally from there. Just, you know, like my heart's always in the Midwest. Your heart's always going to be down in that area. Yeah, I mean, I think, uh, like, I feel like five or six years ago, it was like a, it was just a really big deal to go down there and win. It meant a lot to us, but um, the guys are good, and they just, I mean, you've got, probably 10 guys that have raced it the same four tracks in mississippi their entire life so it's hard to go down there and you know win a race at why not or magnolia if you're if you're not on your game and you know if there's a lucas race down there nine times out of ten half them guys will you know they'll set quick time win a heat or be in contention at some point so it's it's a tough region i mean it's it's not a it's not an Illinois region, but I feel like when the Illinois guys come down there, you know, they, a couple of them come to Magnolia and stuff and not really hit a lick. So it's it's just the same. Everyone's good in their own region, and, you know, a lot of good drivers have come from that area. And, and you know, some of them have petered out. Like Chris Brown was a really good one that kind of came and went, and, you know, now he just races here and there whenever he wants. But uh, it's, it's tough. And, you know, the more I started racing and going different places, I realized that, you know, our tracks are actually really, really good to me compared to going to, you know, the Carolinas and some of the Tennessee tracks. I just, I absolutely hate them, but, you know, I'm, I'm kind of glad that I did grow up racing down there because in the right conditions, you know, you just learn how to race it, little bitty bull rings like that. And, you know, I think that's where we've kind of gotten some strong points. So yeah, it's, it's tough for sure. And, you know, I, I love going down there. Last year when me and Timmy ran at Boot Hill and he let me drive his other car, I mean, that was a really, really fun weekend. I was just cool to be down there with all my family and his family and uh you know that was that was just fun that's that's the type of racing that you know i wish i was good enough five to ten years ago we could show up with two cars and feel like we could win both races every time yeah colt daddy um you mentioned something that caught my uh, attention how you saying you know you're making sure in the shop that everything's dialed in you don't race as much as you used to i had this conversation with chris madden at a speed weeks and he is he had, he believes that the less you race and your equipment's more ready the better you'll be but then you guys have guys like turbo who says no we need to race every day possible everything possible is to learn different things so where are you at on the fence with all that 
I mean, I definitely think there's pros and cons to each. You know, uh, like this weekend, I definitely saw points and times when I felt like I needed to improve uh, just from a driver's perspective. But also, uh, I mean, I knew when I dropped the gate Friday when we got there that um, I was 100% ready to go. You know, I didn't have to do anything to my car. It, it was ready to hit the, hit the ground running. So, uh, but, you know, it helps a lot with all the all the coverage nowadays that you get to watch so many races. I mean, uh, I mean, I know Tyler watched a ton of races, even if they're not late model races, you can definitely learn just watching people's lines and stuff like that. And, uh, the way we race now, it's a lot about carrying speed and momentum and, uh, hitting the right line. So even, you know, just mentally being prepared when you go out there, regardless if you've raced a hundred times that year or, or one, um, you still have to make the right decisions behind the seat. And, uh, so I feel like this, you know, having a good head on your shoulders and um, making sure everything's prepared, definitely. I mean, there's a happy medium between both because, I mean, Tyler will tell you, you, you know, he, his stuff will get worn down and he's got to take a break and just get everything back together just to, you know, to make sure his stuff's back 100% for when the next time he goes racing. Turbo? So, uh, oh, keep going. I mean, Sorry, my bad. No, that's bad, but, I mean, you know, I mean, he, he definitely sees both sides, but he just – He's he's hungry, you know. He wants to go win every race he can. So, um, you know, if, if I think if he finds a happy medium, you know, it's kind of like Brandon Overton right now. He races a ton, um, but you know, when he doesn't race, he's he's making sure his stuff's ready to go and right. All right, Turbo, you got a question or response to that? Yeah, I mean, I agree. I think you have to. It's just all about you know how much equipment you got. Like if you can. You know, go to Arizona, Florida with one car, blow it out, then come back for six, five, six weeks, regroup, get everything built back up. Um, yeah, I mean, you have to keep your stuff fresh. And, you know, me personally, it's just the more I do it, the better I feel, more comfortable I feel. And, you know, sometimes people just need a break to shake bad habits and things like that. So it's it's kind of whatever you think. I, I mean, I definitely think if you're sucking, you just need to take a week off and, you know, regroup, but if things are going good and, you know, the going's good, you just keep going and going and going until uh, the wave crashes because that's just the way racing is. You don't really see many people that just go and win and win and win and win and win and win. You know, they might have a hot streak, then they fall off, or they get win a race or two, and then something starts breaking. So you just got to do what's right, you know. You know when you show up Monday if your shit's blowed out because you just raced somewhere you weren't very good at that, man, we just need to take the week and go through everything really good and, you know, a long week definitely helps. Like uh, like this week, you know, they moved the races to Saturday and Sunday, so we have five full days to go back through everything after Florence. I mean, stuff like that definitely helps. But when you get Summer Nationals Race Center, if there's a stretch where you're on six, seven nights and two weeks, you know, you really you really have to be prepared mentally, and, you know, you have to think about the big picture as far as, you know, do I tear my shit up tonight running fifth, or do I take my chances the next four nights? You, uh, Culp, have reduced your traveling the last few years. Are you perfectly content with that within, at this point in your life, or do you ever see yourself maybe going back on the road and doing some racing around the country like you did a few years ago? Uh, I mean, I kind of see myself maybe doing like a Stephen Roberts, you know. Uh, he, he, you know, Tyler helps him too, and we kind of all mess around with each other. But, you know, he still races a lot of big races and, uh, you know, doesn't really run, you know, probably 30 races a year or less and that's that's about what i've ran but we've ran just a lot more regional stuff but uh just the way work is and stuff i i haven't been able to get away on fridays or um, i need to be here on monday morning so that's a big part of, of, of traveling you know so um i just made a decision a couple of years ago i got to look at the way things were going and 
you know, I was getting further and further away from, from knowing more about the business and, um, you know, my father-in-law and, you know, it's a family business and he's not getting younger and I, I wanted to, to make a step to make it easier on him in the future and uh, I'm glad I did and I feel like it's, you know, paid dividends for the business, for me and Shannon's future and, you know, um, everything as a whole, but I still love to race and I'm still hungry to win. Um, every time I go to the races, I go to win, you know. Um, I still have a chip on my shoulder about about winning, and so I think as long as I keep that, you know, spark in me, you know, I want to do it. I I still want to go to big races uh, when I can. It's just um, I have to make smart decisions about traveling and being gone long periods of time, and so. Um, you know, I think in the future, it's definitely in the cards to be able to, to travel a little more. I'm not saying, you know, hit every crown jewel in America, but, you know, just do a couple, of, you know, I wouldn't mind racing 10 races a year if, if, if all of them were 10 races that I wanted to to, to win. So, um, you know, bigger crown jewels and stuff like that. So, um, you know, that's kind of where things are at. But uh, like I've enjoyed racing close to the house. and a lot of family gets to come a lot of times, so that that's definitely a plus. And even when I was racing on the road, Shannon and my father-in-law hardly ever got to come. Um, so that was, you know, family just not getting support you much. It, it makes it even tougher, um, you know, especially when you're not out there just winning a lot. So um, being able to come home and uh, have them at the racetrack and, you know, um, I've enjoyed it, honestly. That's awesome. Uh, Turbo, you got I – mean, this is your buddy. You have to have a couple more questions for him. Yeah. Okay, so all that aside, you can you can still live, take care of Shanny, Mark can come. You get to be a professional in any other sport, what would it be and why? Uh, bass fishing. Uh, oh, my. I love – I love stroking in big hogs, uh, you know, flipping a chug bug, you know, all the, I mean, I'm, I'm not a great fisherman. Um, I love to catch. I don't like to fish, but, uh, being a professional fisherman would be pretty awesome. I feel like, uh, way more than any other sport, you know, you can be a fat, lazy slob and still drive a boat and run a trailer motor. So, um, that kind of gears up towards me more than being an athlete. <laughs> that's, yeah, that's awesome. Have you question now? I have one more after this. All right. Well, no, you got. You can go because then we'll do the my favorite question about your driving assessment. So. Okay. All right. So I've been watching a lot of Netflix lately. Last Chance University, and like I was watching the the basketball one last night, and the basically the captain of the team was like, if you want to be a leader or a trendsetter, everyone's going to call you an asshole. Everyone's going to hate you, whatever. And uh, you know, if you just want to be a kid on the team that's playing you can just follow and not say shit and you know you might you might catch a coattail and you know make it somewhere but realistically do you feel like you're the trendsetter of the comp cams or just the read your region that you race in or do you feel like you follow the coattails more than not i mean i feel like i know the answer but like honestly like okay you're the trendsetter you want to change things like can you do it what do you need to change i mean honestly i mean like most of those guys that run comp, you know, um, I don't go to other people's trailers. They don't come to mine. I do my own thing. I park by myself most of the time. Uh, I bring my friends with me. So, you know, to me, if they want to be like me, that's on them. If not, I'm perfectly fine 
doing 100 percent who i am uh, i'm not ashamed of who i am as a person you know i'm not trying to to better any of them them guys i guess um you know i'm, I'm there for me 100 percent um so you know it's on them if they if they want to ride my coattails that's fine if not you know i'm not gonna i'm not gonna be that guy that that uh tries to build a support system around me and a you know a butterfly in the pit perfect all right i got some cope when i first met you we had a you know it was the summer nationals i'm gonna do some quick hitters of summer nationals how much do you miss john Haler? Uh, he commented on one of my posts this weekend, actually, or like, I don't know, but, you know, he's, he's still around. Uh, he, you know, uh, I definitely think the, the Hell Tour is missing Red Gatorade in the past couple of years, but maybe if uh, if I ever get back on my feet where I can get loose, I can uh, get him on as a crew guy. Heck, yeah, he'd be perfect for you. Um, what were, like, two of your three favorite tracks up there when you were in the Summer Nationals? Um... Oh, that Plymouth, uh, I ran pretty good there, it seems like. Uh, I only went there once, but it was a pretty nice facility, you know. Um, so I really enjoyed that. And I, I think, you know, uh, I, I won a model race at Fairbury, but I never won a late model race there. But it seems like I was always, you know, in contention, top five, stuff like that. And so, uh, you know, I know it's a kind of a cliche answer because everybody likes Fairbury, but. Um, I really enjoyed racing there. It kind of fit my style and stuff like that. Last thing Talk is, about Spoon. Oh, hold on, hold on, hold on. What about Spoon River, 2018? Uh, Spoon River, uh, 2017, we went there and it was pretty good. And then 2018, you know, I was kind of pumped to go there. I don't remember where we'd raced the night before, but apparently I knocked the whole body off somewhere. So I spent all day out in the sun, hanging a new body on the thing by myself. Got it off, left off. We, uh, I think we won our heat race or something. We started right beside Turbo. Come out of turn two, first lap. He uh, he chicken wings me down the back straightaway, blows the left rear out, blows the whole left side off, deck, everything. And uh, so at this point, you know, I'm I'm seeing red. You know, I pull in, take a tire, and uh, I mean my car's shot at that point. So I'm just riding around. Turbo comes around to lap me. He's like battling bad. I don't know. I think it was Shirley for the win. They're like having a heck of a race. And I just do everything in my power to keep him from passing me. We drove back to his door and chopped him two or three times. And just, just on the rev limiter doing anything I could do to keep him from getting behind. But, you know, passed me. And then we got back to the pits. And, you know, uh, through some, he had borrowed some parts from me. I had borrowed some parts from him. We yanked them off, threw them each other, um, loaded <laughs> Loading our stuff up, and then uh, 15 minutes later, we went Buffalo Wild Wings eating tougher. So, uh, but yeah, Spoon River's not bad when it's, uh, you know, racy. Gosh, Turbo, classic running over him on the first lap. It wasn't my fault. I didn't know he was there. <laughs> I do remember it that night. That was a that was a good response by you, by you, Cole. But the one thing I always wanted to know was that you're like eight or nine hours away from home when you're racing the summer nationals. All the local guys that run the series can go home each night. How hard was it for you to like go to a Walmart parking lot or something like that to you know fix your car? It just had to be brutal and very like uh, I guess my like it probably mind messed with you a little bit. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely tough, but at the time, I didn't know any better. You know, I just thought that's what everybody was doing. Uh, 
you know, I'd never really followed the summer nationals uh, much, and so I just figured that's when everybody did it, and we just, you know, fired the generator up, and 30-something days later, we got home. I don't think I ever really did the whole thing, but, so you know, so uh, how many ever days I was gone, the, the generator ran the whole time, and, and we would just, you know, buy tires or fuel or whatever we could get it. So uh, probably got spent a lot more money than what it would have taken to run if, if I lived closer or something like that. But um, I definitely think I learned a lot those couple years racing like that. And uh, you definitely have to learn how to, you know, make your equipment last and, and go as far as you can with it. And uh, I definitely think it helped me in the long run, you know, become the driver I am today because, you know, when I first started running late models, even traveling a little bit, uh, I couldn't even see the front row from where I was qualifying most of the time. And, you know, um, most of the races now, you know, uh, I feel like I have a good good a shot as anybody at, you know, setting quick time or, you know, starting the front row of a heat race, even, you know, the topless or Magnolia, something like that, even when Lucas comes to town. So I think, you know, running summer nationals, qualifying that many nights in a row definitely got me to be the driver I am now. Well, maybe one day you'll come back. But as always, the last question we do for this is the driver assessment for my co-host, Tyler Erb. Obviously, we're trying to make him the best driver out there. We're wanting that Lucas Oil Championship. We're wanting a crown jewel. When you see him race today, assess Tyler Erb and maybe some few things he needs to work on, Colt. Well, basically, when me and Tyler love, rarely are we on something – very different. I mean, nowadays. I mean, I'm not in a loop enough to know what I need to run most of the time, and uh, so he kind of keeps me in a loop. So most of the time, I feel like our stuff's pretty comparable. And uh, you know, there's been times where I've already right here, and you know, I feel like uh, you know, you need to drive this way or whatever. But um, for the most part, me and Tyler drive pretty similar. Um, so I don't know if I can really critique him much. <laughs> in the long run you know I feel like he's coming to his own as a driver he's he's winning bigger races every year and so uh, I, you know as far as me personally I think Tyler does a heck of a job and uh, you know if, if anything he could work on would just be you know which I know several people have said is just uh, keeping his mind you know focused when things do go wrong that's uh, like I'm not saying I'm better than him or whatever in no no way but this weekend it would have been very easy for me to to you know uh retaliate under yellow and um lord, you know lord knows i wanted to but uh at the end of the day that would just be more for for me to fix and uh just more things to to have to process for everybody so uh you just gotta let cooler heads prevail at some point and uh Chalk it up and don't forget about it. Oh man, that was that was very nice, Turbo. I mean, I think we keep you calm in the cockpit. We're back. That's it. That's it. I did. Um, my dad called me and he was like, "I feel like you would have to, you know, we probably would have had to bail you out of jail if you were in Shreveport Saturday." <laughs> I was like, "I don't know. I feel like I'm pretty mellow." He's like, "Come on now." I was like, "Yeah, you're right." <laughs> so, Stay chill. Stay chill. Don't get wound up. Okay. little f closing thoughts here. Turbo, this weekend, Lucas Oil racing at two tracks you love. Do you have a chance to sweep the weekend, win one, good top five runs, or what? Yeah. I mean, we definitely have a chance to win. We've won at both of them, and 
you know, we made some laps at one of the tracks uh, last week, so I'm I'm confident as ever, and, you know, our, our program's really good, motors are good, everything's going good, so, yeah, I'm excited to definitely go to this trip. Uh, last two tracks I went to, I wasn't as uh, thrilled to be going there, but, you know, just you got to keep going in places to get better, and that's kind of what's, what's been what our thought process has been, so getting to test and go race at places that I really enjoy, absolutely, you know, I feel like we have just as good a shot as anyone, and, you know, we we definitely need to win to get closer to that orange spoiler. Colt, Comp Cam's races this weekend, I-30. You're going to put on a show at, like, one of your home tracks or what? Uh, I don't know. I'm still undecided. My college, I mean, it's going to take a lot of work for me to get it back together. And I'd, I had moved a lot of things around at work to uh, for last week just to be able to go racing um, at the end of the week. So I've, I've got a ton to do. And then uh, just after last week, just, I don't know. I still have such a sour taste in my mouth about how everything went down and some things that were said after the races um, between series directors and stuff like that. Um, you know, I, I'm the type of person, it doesn't take a lot for me to cut somebody completely off uh, and never look back. Um, I was a huge Saints fan and then uh, had season tickets. And then, you know, just, just some things were done that, that I don't I don't agree with. Uh, my moral compass doesn't align with, so I, I cut them off. But it's really easy for me to, to move on past things. And so I'm not even 100% sure that I'm going to, you know, support something like that in the future. Um, you know, I feel like I'm plenty capable of, of racing unloading anywhere. So we're going to, you know, take our time, get our stuff back together, and make but yeah, far as this weekend, uh, it's not looking like we're gonna gonna be dropping the gate at uh, 30. We'll get John Haler over to the house, buy him uh, some Gatorade, and get it tuned up for you this week. But the last thing is announcement yesterday. Turbo, you're good friends with the fam. Mike Marler in a Cup car. What's what's uh, your thoughts? He's gonna do. You think Larson's nervous because maybe we come into their world and dominate, or what? Man, that would be the best-case scenario. Mikey actually just called me before we did this. But, like, yeah, I mean, I would love to see Mikey go win just because then maybe it would make all them guys look like they shouldn't be in NASCAR because I feel like when Lyle comes and wins, it just makes us all look like peanuts and, like, we're not good enough to run NASCAR. So, I mean, I'm not knocking him or any of that. I just think that, you know, he, he does a really good job when he did come and race with us. So if Mikey could go and win one of those two races, uh, you know, it'd be really good for him. But it'd also be really good for all of us dirt racers that, you know, we don't when, – when someone else shows up to race, you know, there was a – who raced at Cochran? Was it Joey Logano? No, Kozlowski. Kozlowski, yeah. And he started on the pole of the 604 race and run fourth in the B main. I mean, that – that to me just made my heart so warm. You have no idea because I feel like when a NASCAR guy comes to a dirt race, it's like the biggest thing in the world. And realistically, um, like that one song said, bitches and shit, but hoes and tricks. I mean, I just think that they shouldn't pump guys up so much. I mean, Kyle's done a great job. So yeah, we can pump him up all we want, but you know, if, if a guy shows up and at Volusia and a mod and wins the C main, or the e-main or whatever it was like who cares you know there's some kid that's 12 years old that was quick time at bristol yesterday or was high passing point i mean that's the type of guys that we need to be jacking up so yeah my i'm hoping mikey goes and puts on a show and does something spectacular just so uh you know we can all say yeah that's that's our people you know 
Well, boys, I'm glad we got the band back together. It's been a while. It seemed like it was yesterday. We're at LaSalle for Summer Nationals, and I was shooting the minute with John Haler. Uh, Culp, I hope uh, you have a good rest of the season, get that thing fixed up, and uh, appreciate you coming on Suave Talk with me and Turbo. And Turbo texted me, what was it, last night or two nights ago, and said, we got to get Colt Daddy on. I said, I'm in. I've got to hear uh, some of his reactions and what he's been up to. So I appreciate you coming on the show. Yes, sir. Thank you all for having me. And, uh, Turbo Nation stand up.